Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Performance Through Health podcast, episode 41. And this is just a bit of a lead on podcast from my last episode. So in episode 40, I discussed all about this 30-day challenge that I'm currently doing. And that's to basically bring as much value to people's lives as I can over the next 30 days. It's now 25 days because I'm actually recording this on a Sunday. And what a beautiful day it is in Perth. Oh my God, summer's here. Loving it. I've already been burnt a couple of times, but that's great because it means that I can get out and get a bit of tan on his skin. Um, anyway, so value. Value and um, this, 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 this challenge. Uh, it's, it's 30 days. Essentially, what I want to get from this is learning the art of gifting and giving without expectation to a certain extent. I'm not expecting anything back from the individual just for me to give in something. However, I'm expecting to improve my um, abundant living. Now, a lot of people believe or have have a limited beliefs of you know, scarcity, which means that you know, money is scarce. It's hard to work for money. It's hard to find money. It's uh, you know, females or partners or relationships um, uh, are scarce. Uh, and people block themselves by not being able to see how abundant the world is and the universe is. Now, this sort of challenge, I did this... I'm going to say about three years ago, originally by um, a guy called Jordan Harbinger, who is, uh, uh, you know, has got one of the best podcasts in the world or most recognized podcasts in the world. And he was a part of a a team called The Art of Charm, which were basically a group of individuals that helped um, mainly men become more charming and more sociable and um, be able to attract women into their life essentially and they had a podcast years and years and years ago and I remember going on uh, listening to one all about value and in this episode it actually challenged people to go out there and give value for 30 days and I did it three years ago and I got a lot more results than I expected so now I'm coming back to that I'm working through the same system again with performance through health you've got health mindsets relationships now I've stripped back to the health I've got myself back into good shape again my house back on track I've done all my bloods blood work and everything came back perfect on that and now I'm in a good position so now it's to work on the mindset now the mindset previously has been about um, uh, the willingness not to, to, to you know, getting over the fear of failure but now this is more focusing on building an abundant mindset rather than a scarce mindset so before we delve into today's topic and that is a bit more about becoming a, a, a person of value so what can you do is not just about giving but also as an individual how can you develop your value proposition we're going to delve into that a little bit later but this episode is one of the episodes where I'm going to reflect on my pre my last week and um, I guess this is starting with the first part of the the uh, the the uh, the challenge that I'm doing, um, but before that, um, last weekend, uh, you know, it was. Uh, well, let's start. Let's start this week. What 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 happened earlier in this week when I started doing this this challenge? Well, I've had many opportunities to to number one at work. Um, 
to deliver extra value to my patients in terms of I have a wealth of knowledge. I work in the sleep industry and a lot of patients I see are just coming for sleep issues, but sleep's related to eating issues, related to mood issues. And I've always looked at to try and deliver as much value as possible. I've gone over my um over the expectation of of what a CPAP technician or sleep scientist should do and that's to start to try and network and advise people to go and speak to certain individuals and that's helping both those individuals and just building a referral pathway where you can just be the person who connects individuals and that's what I try to do at my birthday party and now a couple of my friends have, have been introduced to each other and they've become very good friends and uh, who knows in the future there might be some kind of relationships or intimacy who knows that's fantastic that's what this is all about but there is one particular moment that occurred at my uh, improv classes so I started my improv classes uh, four weeks ago now this is the fourth week and it's going fantastic it's a bit of fun it allows me to let my hair down it allows me to really uh, just let go of being an adult and allows me you know I want to integrate the play again and if Carl Jung the famous psychologist says that um you know, the, the true gift of life is becoming who you are and who we are is the child that was born and nurtured and had um, just you know this excitement and joy to live and then as an adult you kind of just block yourself build these belief beliefs that are kind of limited and to integrate your inner child back into your life again through the, you know, the enjoyment the play the things that you did as a child is uh, a way to fulfill yourself as an adult I believe and you know there's a lot of evidence to back that and if you look at what a lot of people try to do with their lives is actually they try to um you know they get too serious and all of a sudden they have a big blowout uh, but if you can for me being a boy who's always been a rugby lad always been a big drinker always been a bit boisterous um I have to integrate the you know one or two nights every now and then where I can be like that. I can just let myself go and just be a bit of a fool, a bit of an idiot, and kind of get that out of my system. Because if you don't, you just suppress it, and all of a sudden it's going to pop up somewhere, and you're going to do something stupid. So you may as well integrate it to your life perfectly. Um, what the improv classes allowed me to do that is allowed me to just to let that you know let that go. Just you, you do just have to be present. You have to have fun. It's not about being funny per se. Um, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought there was going to be more structure to it, but it's actually just like a play. Uh, there's lots of games that we play in, and there's like small little scenes. And during this week's um, uh, call it class, during this week's class, I noticed something from one of the guys there. Now we were in scene work and we were doing we we're doing uh, miming scene work. So this is essentially where we're trying to create space and area for the audience to understand where what the setting is. So let's say for example, you don't you cannot have to make any uh, noise, you're not allowed to speak, but you kind of have to act out as if you're say if you're in a kitchen for example, you would act out walking over to a shelf, you would then put your hands out and spread the shelf out or like in the room, you'd then put the kettle on, you'd pour, you'd get a cup you'd pour it out and that's making like a over in that corner, there's obviously a setup for a kettle and a coffee machine but then over there you've got the sink and that allows the audience to have to know what the, the scene is about and we, we did some of that work as, as a group, a group of uh, individuals. Uh, there, was, there was four of us in, in each group, and I think there was three groups because there was only 12 of us on there on Wednesday. Um, and I had great fun. Like, it was real cool. So uh, when it was my turn to create the room, um, I walked in the door, and it was a science lab, me being a nerd. It was a, 
Um, you know, you walk in, it was pretend, it was like you had a key pass, the door shutter opened, you went inside, you had to wait for the door to close, and then you turn around and you put your protective gear on, and then there was another door to go through, and then all of a sudden I was the opportunity to say, okay, right, this is all where the measuring cylinders are, over here is the sink, over here is a fire extinguisher, but obviously you're doing this through actions, and then the next person comes in, and what they do is they, they then change the scene, or they use the scene that's already set to continue the story a narrative that you created and it becomes this big kind of joke great fun but when we kind of reviewed it at the end of the sessions there was one of the guys that was in one of the groups um that said what did you most enjoy about that and he actually then said he was really he really enjoyed how passionate and, and his team were and how good they were at, at kind of setting the scene for him and i was like wow this guy has just done what i am trying to do he's delivered value to his team by thanking them and being grateful and it was really kind of this moment where he was just enjoying being a part of a team and it kind of just went slipped underneath the radar and no one really said anything because it was just there was a few people speaking but at the end of every session we go around in a circle and we say what did we most enjoy about the session and what did we learn from the session now this was an opportunity for me to demonstrate that i I was aware that this chap, um, uh, his name is Alan, that he that he was, you know, he was grateful. He was in a, a positive mindset, and that he appreciated his team. And I think that's that's good for a kind of now a good skill set to have when you're in these improv sort of things. So, as an opportunity for me to demonstrate value to him, I actually said, "Well, the biggest moment for that I enjoyed in this whole life was watching Alan appreciate his team." And the fact that he was really grateful for him and he said that and rewarded that and said that in front of everybody else, I thought it was a fantastic moment. And I want to say thank you, Alan. So everyone all of a sudden cheers, like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. You know, it, it, it was an amazing situation for him, but also me recognizing that made it even more of a, uh, you know, a positive stamp or memorable moment. So as we then go around in a circle and there's 12 people or 13, including the 14, including the two, two, um, two teachers, talking about one one or two things that were most memorable moments. And out of 14, three of them mentioned me. The first one was uh, a guy called Sam who I was in the scene with and we were doing a beach scene. And he was just howling at my, my, uh, my effort to try and actually swim. And he was like, by the way, in my mind, you were just swimming on the sand. So it was really kind of comical for him, me just trying to swim, lying on the floor, being outrageous just whenever when he's just basically digging a a, um, uh, a hole in the sand as we're having a conversation and i just say right i'm just going for a quick dip and jump on the floor and start acting like i'm swimming everyone started howling and that for him was a, a memorable moment and then we go again round, and the next person that talks is, is is alan this guy who i've just appreciated and he just said most most enjoyable moment for him was getting this appreciation just immediately from Martin then. He's made my day, made my night, and I'm very thankful for that. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, that, again, I was just like, thank you. They, they just It's a reciprocity. The next person, a woman called Indigo, and she's like, I loved how enthusiastic Martin is, how much he, he goes out his way to make sure that everyone's enjoying his scene. He expresses himself well. He's really enthusiastic. Um, and I'm like, well, that's that's what I've come here for. And I've come here to play. I've come here to make it dramatic. I think that's what improv, improv should be. Expressive. I'm, you know, it's, it's for me to be able to learn two things, building communication skills and improving my creativity. And I, I think that if you can express yourself through communication and you can express yourself through dance or just general 
um, your demeanor. And we're going to go into kind of what this is in a moment in terms of value proposition, how you can actually build your perception of value to others by working on yourself. It's about energy and it's about uplifting people. And that comes through body language. Now, this is what I'm learning or trying to uh, integrate and engage more in, 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 the, in these classes. So that moment for me was a real positive moment. There's been t times where I've been able to demonstrate value to friends at breakfast where they've been down and I've been you know, just asking them what they're grateful for or asking them to give me moments of uh, positives in their life so you can kind of help shift their mindsets. Extra smiles. I uh, got reminded just recently from Miriam. Thank you, Miriam, if you listen to this, about the, uh, the door frame um, anchoring every time you walk through a, a, a door or a certain door that you continuously work through, whether that's at work or whether that's home, you can just make sure that you smile or think of something that's a smile at every time you go through that. And then what happens is it becomes an unconscious behavior and you just smile every time you go through that door. And that radiates to other people. Smiling is the biggest kind of, the most contagious thing you can do other than uh, probably yawning, to be fair, is that people can't help but smile. It, it, it just causes this uh, connection within your mirror neurons, within your brain. And it's something that is is uh, so contagious that it's just it's a f something free that you can give to people. It's just look at them in the eyes as they walk past you and just give them a smile. Obviously, some people might find that intimidating, but I think it radiates confidence and it radiates that you're an infused, like a happy person. And I think it gives off good energy. So more people should be doing that, uh, especially in the times that we're in at the moment where everyone seems to be so separated and down. So um uh, more points of value. I've been reflecting on these and I've been trying to write it and put it on my social media, uh, Martin McFilly on Instagram uh, each night. Then, there's a guy who I've just been on a podcast with, or he's about to release a podcast. He, his name is Chris. Um, and he just messaged me, say, hey, the podcast come out soon. Sorry, it's been taking me so long to get through it. I've had a lot on, a lot on my mind. And uh, he's been doing a lot of work on himself. So that was just an opportunity for me to send you know, a bit of a voice message to say, hey, really appreciate you for the work that you're putting in. You're doing the inner work. You're showing that you're a leader of a man. You're showing your... your um, uh, you're willing your willingness to step up and lean into to what it is that you want to become and now I really appreciate that about you and I wanted to just tell you simple as that he then obviously gets a message messages me back and says wow thank you so much that really meant something to me and this is just what this 30 day challenge is about so I'm not going to go any further into the challenge or what that is but I am going to go through I've got six points here that I want to talk about um, about becoming a, a person of value. So a high value person can, can hold their thoughts, their beliefs, their opinions whilst respecting that of others. Uh, they can have a, like, this open dialogue without putting other people down. They possess the ability to bring the best out, best out in people. Um, no, they, they're going to look to, to lead and influence for, for the greater good without sacrificing their own needs or their standards, but kind of unapologetic in their personality as well. So no, a high, high, high value person can connect to the, the reality, to their own reality, to those of others through storytelling and through excellent communication and just kind of this natural authority. And when I think of you know, someone who is extremely valuable and someone who can do this sort of stuff, in, in my opinion, is someone like Tony Robbins. Um, you've got you know, great, great, the, the, the guys, that, the great leaders that you would look up to, but even like someone like a female, like a Brene Brown, for example, she just has that ability to be able to tell stories, excellent communications. She's got stage presence and her authority. The sort of person that um, 
would walk into a room and everyone would just stop and kind of just say, okay, we're listening to this person now. That is what I'm trying to um, give these kind of six areas of key of, to work in so that you can go away and you can start to develop these uh, these areas. Um, one of the things that high value people are always are always trying to do is they're trying to introduce and involve those people around them uh, and they're appreciative of this. So for, so for example, um, on Friday night I went to it was sleep week and there was like a, an online conference that I actually didn't go to but I got invited by the WA Council manager of, manager of Philips which are the company that creates you know, ventilators and CPAP machines um, I got invited to go to an evening at the garden in Leaderville which is just for some food and drinks and when I got there um, I kind of realized that Everyone, pretty much everyone was from the public system and it was only me and my work colleague that were there from the private system, maybe a couple of others from other places, but they all knew each other and I, and I didn't really know them. But being a quite a, you know, a sociable individual and wanting to network and get it to know them, I was finding myself walking up into groups of maybe six or seven people and then starting the conversation and trying to hold the space for the conversation to go around and and for me to introduce myself to people, but not kind of in a monotonal, like let's speak to the person on the left, then the next one, the next one, the next one. It was me trying to control the, 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 the conversation so that everyone's engaged. And what I really noticed was that they weren't the the best with social skills. So what does that mean that I have to do is that I have to be able to uh, make them engage by essentially getting them to talk about their what they love, their passions, uh, bring up the energy in those individuals so that they're confident and you're being appreciative. And when it looks like they have something that they're really interested to talk about is that you're, you're, you're approving that. So you say you're saying, "Oh, that's no, that's awesome." You, you, you're really engaging. You're curious in that conversation enough to bring out the best, and so you can see these introverted individuals, their personality shine. And I think that is what someone that high value can do: is they walk away from a group and they go, "Ha, huh, that person was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed talking to that person." And that's how you get to be remembered. So these six kind of areas of that I believe that people need to work on to improve their value proposition are um, uh, basically principles that allow you to be that sort of individual. Now, the first one is personal image. So if you're a man, you, you, know, you need to be making sure that you're, you're well-groomed, your beard shaved, you're, you know, you're, for example, I'm a, I'm a guy who's bald or balding, and you can say that if I leave it for a couple of weeks, I've got a bit of hair that looks like it's, um, you know, it's a little bit fluffy and you can quite clearly see that I'm balding. But when I shave my head clean, it almost, and, and shave my beard, it gives like my face a bit more of a, uh, a stronger image. It gives me a bit more of a jawline. And, and you know, then all of a sudden, if you dress smart, you got a bit of a, you know, a suit or a tie, for example, you're, and, and, you, and you take care of yourself and uh, you take care of your, how your body is, you look fit, you look healthy, you're standing tall. You're, um, you know, you've got the body language of someone who's confident and you've got your chin up. When you walk into bars, when you walk into lecture theatres, when you walk into business meetings, you're, you're looking at the people to see whether they're looking at you and you're noticing that people are looking at you because you're gaining attention. You're, you're triggering what's called their reticular activating system in other individuals. Now, as a, 
uh, as a female, obviously, this can be, uh, especially if you're an attractive female, it can be quite intimidating because you're going to get a lot of men look over at you and that happens all the time. So you learn to, I guess you would learn more to be able to understand this situation. Whereas a male, often a male is not really going to go into a bar or into somewhere else and really look at what women are attracted to him. And that's something I've learned to do is that I can walk into a bar and pretty much if I look at a woman, I look, keep looking straight at her. If she doesn't remove eye contact or uh, continue to talk her to, back to her friend immediately or she glances back over, that's that's an indication of interest. It's an indication that that person looks at you as a valuable person and it also happens with uh, you know a man-to-man as well. So personal image is the first area of uh, person of, of growth though, or an area that people can look at to imp- increase their value straight away. And then we've got uh, what we call authority principles. So these authority principles are five areas of your life again. So we're breaking it a bit down further that can prove your authority. Now, why is authority important? Because a valuable person has to be able to influence. They have to be able to communicate and engage and be able to um, put their opinions onto on top of other opinions, connect realities with other realities through story, storytelling, and they've got to have people listening and engaged. And that's we're hardwired through authority. This reticular activating system. We look up to someone. Say, for example, uh, you know you're, you're you're at a meeting, and all of a sudden uh, the CEO walks in the room. What happens is everyone goes quiet, everyone looks over, and everyone stops because that person has authority. Now, there's evidence. There's no. There's, there's science out there. The social the psychologists have done this. There's the. Um, uh, Got the name of the the there's an actual um, a study that was done on uh, basic people what people were doing there was a study where they had two individuals come into a study one was actually an actor and one was a person who would sign up to do the study now during this during the study they had to basically pull out a piece of paper and it got told that they were either the the subject or they were the the person who was going to be electrocuting someone what they did is went into separate rooms with a they couldn't see each other but there was a machine inside the room and there was a a a scientist in the corner with his stethoscope over his neck and a clipboard and the the electric shocks went from you know like maybe a couple of volts all the way up to 250 volts and then to the point where it actually kills someone on the other side of the room the person was asking questions and it was questions that were um just like word association questions but the the actor was told to get some wrong and every time the patient got the the subject got something wrong the person would then have to shock them now what was very intriguing about this just because of the fact that someone in the room was there as an authority saying that for research you have to continue 67% of people in there sh- shocked someone to the point of death. Now, nearly 100% shocked someone to the point where it would cause a cardiac arrest. Now, the other person in the other room was screaming and shouting every time they got electrocuted, but it wasn't. It was a fake kind of buzzer. And what happened was is that it got to a point of maybe, uh, you know, the sixth or seventh question wrong. And the person said, you're going to kill me. You know, I've got a heart condition. And then the the people who were actually electrocuting them would look around at the person who's got lab coat on and all they would say is for research purposes you have to please continue 85 percent of people continue to the point where they would shock someone and give them a cardiac arrest now this is the authority principle and we we engage and listen to authority if someone's a police officer someone puts a uniform on we listen straight away there's five things that you can work on these are confidence discipline leadership gratitude and enjoyment 
Now, if you're a confident individual, you're disciplined in your habits, you act like a leader, you, um, now you're grateful for what you do, and you enjoy what you do. Those five factors, and this is by Chase Hubes, one of the uh, one of the leading experts that I spoke to last time about communication, also leading experts in human behavior. He has documented these five principles and their areas that you can work on to improve your authority, again, improve your value. The third section is going to be continual growth. So you know, there's a saying that if you're not growing, then you're going backwards. And if you're staying still, you're going backwards. And it all comes down to the, the universal laws of entropy. You lead, leave something on the side um, and you don't maintain it or you build a piece of equipment, don't maintain it. The natural law of that governs the world or governs the universe is that everyone, everything is going from order to disorder. Um, and that means things are breaking down. And this is the same as the human body as we age, but also as the mind as well. Now, if we're not continually developing the mind and we're not educating ourselves, we're not looking to grow, we're not looking to continue to improve, then actually we're going to get left behind and you're going to go into some form of, whether that's depression, mental health issues, anxiety, it's just going to occur because you, because you have to continue to develop. The consciousness, the, your mind wants to continue to develop. So always trying to look into learn what's next. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be unsatisfied with where you are, because I think you have to appreciate the moments of where you are, but you always have to have a goal of what can allow me to grow and continue. The fourth part of this um, uh, is actually leadership skills. And leadership skills are what I've, you know, pretty much all that I've talked about. It's about putting, others, uh, putting yourself first, putting yourself in a position where you're strong and you're, you know, you're smart, you know what you're doing, that you can then serve others and help others. Um, and then your leadership, leadership skills are going to be you know, communication, uh, knowing the individual, being empathetic, being being authentic. This is all sort of, all parts of the leadership that we're building in, getting people to work together as te- teams, coaching. I think coaching is a big part of leadership. Now, obviously, there's different styles of leadership that come into um, into in, into play at different certain times and there is an episode back on if you go back to the early episodes I think it's around about maybe episode 18 to 20 and I talk about leadership styles so if you want to know more about leadership styles you can go to that episode however for this point is that um, you, you know those individuals you know say for example you get someone who's got an easy task that needs doing and there's not a lot of time, you'd be a bit more kind of assertive and authoritative and just tell them what to do. You'd dictate that. Whereas if it's something that is a bit more complex, but the person is quite close to getting the getting it right and, and, and it's going to benefit them to know in the long term so they don't come back and rely on you, then the coaching standpoint is going to be more, more beneficial. And you might ask a question rather than giving the answer, you ask a question that leads them to then find and investigate the answer so that then ingrains the habit or the mindset into them. So rather than come back to you for the answer, is they start to ask them questions. And that's the, you know, the sort of leadership's problems that you leadership skills that you want to develop to be a person of value. The fifth area is problem solving. This is you know, massive in terms of value. If you can, if someone comes up to you and they have an issue, and you have the ability to solve that problem, or you have a resource, or you have another individual that you know that can solve that problem, then doing that for that person. This is, again, the gifting situation. It's problem sol- solving someone's problems or solving someone's issues. Then if they want it, you offer it. 
what you don't want to be doing, and especially you don't want to be doing if you're in a relationship, is always trying to solve everyone else's problems because then you just become a person who's not listening and you're taking away people's power. But if you're trying to communicate with someone and you want them, if you have a solution for them, then you you ask them. You say, hey, look, um, would you mind if I give you a bit of input? So I was at um, rock climbing just on uh, the Monday just gone. So just just pretty much, no, it was Tuesday. So five days ago. And my, one of my friends, Sean, you know, we were at this rock face and it, it, it took me two or three times to get in. But by the third or fourth time, Sean was still struggling to get the very last bit of this this rock. And and I could see that he was getting frustrated with it. And he was getting to the point where he was getting at the top and I could see what he was doing wrong. But because I could notice that he was frustrated and when he came down after trying and trying and trying, he was pissed off himself. Now, if I had just said to him all of a sudden, hey, look what you're doing. You're doing this wrong that you need to do this, 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 he may have reacted in a way of saying, for fuck's sake, shut up. Like, no, I judged his emotional state that he might not take a more direct route. So what I said to him is, hey, do you mind if, um, no, I'd like to give you a bit of advice. I think I can help you. And he went, no, of course. You've then got acceptance and he's ready to receive the information that you want. And then I told him, so just up there, what you need to do is rather than have your right foot that way, you need to be facing the wall more to your left. That's going to shorten the distance between your arm and your and your foot where you're reaching out and you'll be able to reach the next, next up. And when he went up there, he listened and he then got it. But had I not seen him that he was pissed off red in the face and kind of, I guess not embarrassed, but we'd all done it and he'd finished. If I had then come over the top and said, hey, do this, he might have reacted differently. So being able to problem solve for individuals is high value. And the final one, the sixth one before we close on this is, is social skills. Your ability to be uh, be able to talk to people, to be able to interact with individuals, to go back into what I was saying, where you can pull positives out of individuals through communication. You can allow people to relive moments um, in their own mind, in the present. The amazing thing that we have as humans, we store these memories. And all of a sudden, if you ask someone, let's say, for example, you're in a conversation and let's uh, go back to this work scene. Um, now I'm, I'm at this event, everyone there is a sleep scientist and I'm talking to an individual, a group of individuals and you know, they're telling me what they're doing and I say, um, well, what's one of the most memorable moments that you've had as a sleep scientist that's allowed your job to be enjoyable? Just out of curiosity, if I was to say that, what does that person have to do? They have to sit or stand, they have to re-image a moment in their life where they felt enjoyable, a moment in their life that's memorable because you've told them a memorable moment, so it's going to be in their memory, it's going to be enjoyable. And that then comes back to surface. Now, when you bring back to surface, it's almost like they have to emotionally relive that moment. And if you can connect with that, approve that, appreciate that, you are all of a sudden bringing that person up and that brings you up as well. And it's a fantastic way to create positive psychology. And it's a fantastic way to be able to get people to not only like you, but to listen and engage with you. And this is all for positives. This is this is to be a leader. This is to be someone who can help and support others as well as your own life because you still have to think about yourself in these situations, but it's making sure that you're both rising up at the same time. So to work on these, dem uh, these social skills is that you have to put yourself out there. Now, during the 16-week tr um, challenge that I had, 
when I went out at around about 15 weeks, I went out for a friend's birthday and hadn't been out in terms of into the bars for a long time. And as I got into an Uber taxi, I sat in the back and I could hear the noise that I was making in my head saying, you haven't been out for a while. Like, no, how, how, how do you speak to people? You haven't communicated with anyone for a long time. You, you, know, you especially haven't spoke to um, many, many women in terms of, uh, you know, approaching people in the bars, random strangers. You haven't seen this group of friends for a long time. And all my ego was just telling me like, oh, God, you know, this is going to be a terrible night. Luckily, as soon as I got there, I was relaxed and I was able to just settle into conversation straight away. But some people can't. Some people are really shy and really timid, really, um, you know, they just like to be introverted and they don't like to get out there. But if you want to be someone that is valuable, you have to be able to develop your social skills. And that means that you might just be practicing just saying hello. You might just be like practicing just keeping eye contact when someone walks past you without being afraid to look away or look down. It might be as simple as just smiling. But it also might be starting a random conversation by making a statement. And if you want to learn how to do this, you can go back to the episodes where I've talked about um, uh, how to speak to anybody. The, these are all the skills that I've learned over the last two years that I'm putting into performance through health because I want to help people develop this area of their life to give value, to make sure that people are the best because ultimately my vision is a, a world of happy and healthy people that are connected and living lives that are true to themselves. And it's my mission to get out there and do this. And this is why I do this sort of podcasting. So let's just quickly review personal image, authority principles in terms of confidence, discipline, leadership, gratitude, and enjoyment, having a continual growth mindset, developing your leadership skills, then solving problems for individuals and, and becoming this very sociable person that's enthusiastic and you can develop that through through learning certain skill sets. Now, if I was going to give one thing to improve your networking or your social skills, that's to go out to go out and check Jordan Harbinger's work, uh, the Jordan Harbinger show, and also Chase Hughes. So thanks for tuning in this episode. I am recording an episode of the podcast with uh, Ninja Warrior and you know, expert, bloody uh, amazing mother of, of, I think she's got two children. Um, Tash Sergi is an awesome character, awesome girl, and I really can't wait to just dive into a conversation about her life and um, how she's managed to do so much with her life when she's got such a busy, hectic life and the mindset and challenges that she faces. Um, and I can't wait to hear from you guys and hope you enjoyed this episode. So take care. Peace out. Love to you all.